something very important on Sunday and we'll just try to I hope you can hear me right we'll just try as much as possible and as fast as we can to conclude what we began on Sunday praise God Okay, let's just look at something. James, the book of James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, from verse 1. Now, I'd like us to look at this. Reading something very long or lengthy. Can you give me sound on the monitors? Is it possible? It says, From whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not from, come they not, hence evil of your lusts that was in your members. Okay, let's let's take it from. The amplified. Look at it from the amplified. It's it's better this way. It says. What leads to strife? What is strife? It explains that to you. Strife is discord, furious. What leads to strife? And how do conflicts, quarrels, and fighting originate among you? We're thought to be Christians, we're supposed to be brethren. But what leads to strife? How do conflicts, quarrels, and fighting originate among you? It says, do they not arise from your sensual desires? What does that mean? Do they not arise from your desire to please your body? From your senses? It says, do they not arise from your sensual desires? 
that are ever warring in your bodily members. Your sensual desires, the craving by your senses, what the eyes want, what the the eye sees, what the mind wants, and then suddenly your, your mind starts flying about. You want this, you want that, you are unable to keep the body under control. It is what leads to strife, what leads to discord, fumes. It says, how do conflict, quarrels, and fighting comes among, originates from? It says, don't they arise from your sensual desires that are ever, now, these sensual desires are always craving, worrying our bodily members. Now, just let's, let's move on. Verse 2. Now, we've got a rush. It says, you are jealous and covet what others have. And you, your desires go unfulfilled. So, you become murderous. Because you are jealous about what the other one has. You're concerned about taking what they have. It says, you become murderous. To hate is to murder. In other words, you become haters. Have you, have you seen a church? Or have you found Christians who develop so much hatred for another one? I told you before now, severally. It is not him that is hated that suffers. It is the one who hates. Why? Sometimes the hater doesn't even know he's hated. He doesn't even know. He just goes about his business and because you are the one who hates, God keeps bringing him your way. He will bring him your way. He will bring her your way. And so your face turns something else. You become angry and bitter every time you see him. And that's why God keeps giving him testimony. Every time you see him, say, praise the Lord, the Lord has done this. And you are angry and bitter. Are you the only one? So what he says, it says, you are jealous and covet what others have and unfulfilled. So you become murderous. So hate is to murder as far as your heart is concerned. It says, you born with envy and anger and you are unable to obtain the gratification and the contentment and the happiness that you seek. You are angry, you are bitter. But he doesn't even bring the satisfaction you desire. He says, he does not bring the gratification. He doesn't bring the contentment. He doesn't bring the happiness that you see. So, you fight and war. You do not have because you do not ask. That thing you are angry about, that thing you are jealous about, you are not having it. Why are you not having it? Because you didn't ask. You didn't pray about it. Didn't you read the Bible says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have them. And you shall have them. Believe that you receive. And it says that you shall have what you shall have them. It says, so the man says, you do not have because you do not ask. Move on. Move on. It says, or you do not even ask. Or you do ask God for them and yet fail to receive them. You ask for it, you fail to receive, because you ask with a wrong purpose. 
You ask for the wrong purpose. You ask for so a wrong purpose and evil and selfish motive. You see somebody praying, Oh Lord, if you just give me a car, I will pepper them. That, that, that's all they want. Not because, not because they want to give glory to God. If I just become a star, I will show that guy who I'm made of. But you find out that God is just watching you that way. Oh, that's the purpose why you want this. That's the purpose why you want money. Haven't you read the scripture? Haven't you heard that money in the hands of a wicked man will promote wickedness? And because you are wicked, he doesn't he takes that grace to make to get what off your hands. Why? The motive is wrong. He says, or you ask, you do ask God for them and fail to receive them because you ask with wrong purpose. An evil, selfish motive. Your intention is when you get what you desire, is to spend it on sexual pleasure. Sensual pleasure. Just to gratify. Now, when we talk about sensual pleasure, what are we talking about? It's pleasures that is originate that originates from the senses, the sense organs, the eyes, the, uh, the sense of smell, the sense of uh, feeling, the sense of taste. All of the sense organs. I just want to arrive. I just want to look good so that they can know that I have arrived. That's all you desire. Just so that I can that I can wear good clothes and then they know that I've arrived. Sensual desires, sensual pleasures. Just so that I can smell nice. But life is more than that. I put a scripture, put a scripture. I, I want us to move on. So it says, these are the reasons for lust. These are the reasons for war. These are the reasons for envy. Move on. Next verse. It says, You are like unfaithful wives. Having, now, these are people who are supposed to be Christians. They profess their love for God, but are in enemy. They are enemies of all a fellow believer. They are, they are in enmity. They are in strife with fellow Christians. Fellow Christians. They are bitter. At war. Never happy. Never happy that others are making progress. Never happy that others have authority. Never happy that another one is gaining grounds. Never happy when others are recognized. And you see, because but these are people who are supposed to be fellow Christians, who are supposed to be happy. Didn't you read the Bible, the early church? The Bible says they had all things in common. All things in common. All things in common. It says, you are like unfaithful wives, having illicit love affair with the world, and breaking your marriage vows to God. But you are supposed to be Christians. You are, I have given my heart to Christ. But yet I see hate. Yet I see slander someone. I see talk evil. Say things that I did not even see. Fabricate lies about someone else just so that I can destroy another man's life. It says, 
having illicit, illicit love affair with the world and breaking your marriage vows to God. He says, do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? Friendship with the, with the world is enmity with God. Being the world's friend is being God's enemy. So whoever so chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy to God. He says, be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't be carried by their life. Don't be swayed by the pattern of their doing way of, 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 of life. He says, if you, are, if you choose to take a stand of the world, you know, the Bible talks about those who want the praises of men. They seek God the, the praises of men rather than when God says to them, well done. They just want, I mean, you know, if, if I ever have an opportunity, I'm going to, nah. Watch it. It says, whosoever chooses to take a stand, to be the friend of the world, takes his stand as an enemy to God. An enemy to God. Watch it. We're going somewhere. Next verse. It says, Or oh, do you suppose that the scripture is speaking to no purpose? That says, The spirit whom he had has caused to dwell in you us, yearns for yearns over us, and yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. Move on. Verse 6. It says, But but that same spirit, but he giveth, he gives us more and more grace. The power of the Holy Spirit to meet us, to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. He gives us more grace to be able to combat our sensual desires, sensual pleasures. He says he gives us more grace. Well, that is why he says God sets himself against the proud. Find it again. Like we read on Sunday. It says, that's why he says, God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. So the one who receives grace is the one who makes himself humble. No wonder. This says I must he must he must increase while I must decrease. Why are you so proud? Why can't you be talked to? No, someone says, hey, hey, I'm not proud, I, I just know who I am. But question, can you be reprimanded in public? Or would your pride rise? Say, how can he say that to me in front of everybody? In front of everybody. That's what happened to Saul. That's part of the reasons why he lost the throne. Well, after Paul Saul erred against God, King Saul erred against God, God sent Samuel to him. And Samuel told him, he says, why have you done this? He says, Samuel, you know, I brought all these things back so I can sacrifice to God. He said, don't you know that obedience is better than sacrifice? The guy Samuel was reprimanding him. You know what he said? He said, die, calm down, calm down, calm down. I'm the king. Don't let say, honor me before my brethren. He's done wrong. He says, I'm the king. Honor me before my brethren. Honor me before the, my subjects. Honor me before the people. 
because you're the leader, no one can talk to you. Can you be reprimanded in public? Or would your pride rise? Since God sets himself against the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, I, I told you on Sunday about that old poem. says, he that is down needs fear no fall. Put the scripture then. We're going somewhere. Says, no, maybe you should look at it again. I, I want to show you something. I, I've been meditating about this since Sunday. In another dimension. First Peter 5 5. We'll come back to this. We read that on Sunday. First Peter 5 5. First Peter 5 verse 5. Says, likewise, you who are of younger and lesser rank, be subject to elders the ministers and the spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Scloat yourself, all of you with humility, as the grab of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped off from you, with freedom from pride and arrogance towards one another. For God sets himself against the proud, in other words, set himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful. And what does he do when he says he set himself? He and he opposes them. Now watch the word, watch the word, what, what, God, what God does to them. He says he opposes, he frustrates, and he defeats them. You know, I told you God becomes the bouncer. It means to oppose. You go this way, he comes this way. And then he says, you can't pass. Though you, he, he, he opposes you. Now, just in case you are not even the one making the effort, someone up there wants to make the effort for you. He dies overnight. Why? To frustrate you. He says, I'm the one, the God who makes divine as much. He, he, he frustrates. And not only that, he defeats and defeats them. In other words, remember, we read something about the proud one just now. It says, the one who takes a stand with the world, who's a friend of the world, takes his stand against God. And what the Bible says in Matthew 21, verse 24, it says, whosoever shall collide with his soul, he shall crumble. It says, but if he falls on him, it turns to powder. He grinds into powder. See, the one who chooses to be an enemy to God. He says, God defeats him. So even if he's in a battle with God for promotion, he lost the battle. No matter how much progress, no matter how much, in, that's why, guess what? This is the reason why many rich Christians have become broke. Many rich fellows have become, have been reduced to penury. Why? Because their wealth can't save them anymore. God defeats their wealth. So they become broke. Defeats them totally. Why? You know what it means to defeat? The proud man has already lost to God. So nothing is involved in that can turn well. Ichabod has become his name. The glory is departed. Are you still here? Say, God, God opposes, frustrates, and defeats.
I refuse to be proud. I refuse to be proud. You know, practice humility. I told you that on Sunday. It's deliberate. Practice humility. It is, but it gives grace and favor and blessing to the humble. Go back. Go back to James. James 4. Now it says, he says, for he God gives more and more grace. He sets himself against the proud and haughty and gives what? Grace. Continually. It says, the grace continually. He doesn't stop. Do you know the meaning of grace? Favor and blessing. That's the meaning. We saw in First Peter 5 5. He gives grace, favor, and blessing. And the one, the recipients of grace are the humble. Says to the lowly. The, those who are humble enough to receive it. Freedom. Next verse. So be, be subject to God. Can I let's come back? We'll come back here. Go back to that first Peter 5. I want to show you something. Now go to verse 6. First Peter 5, verse 6. Or let's read from verse 5, 5 to 6 again. First Peter 5, 5 to see. So it says, for God set himself against the proud, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful. And he opposes and frustrates and defeats them, but gives grace, favor, and blessing to the humble. Verse 6 now. Watch this now. It says, therefore, humble yourself. Therefore, humble yourself. You know what? Demotes. Lower yourself in your estimation. Under the hands of the mighty God. Under the mighty hand of God. That in due time. What does he do to the humble? In due time. He exalts. He exalts. He exalts. All your achievement is not enough reason for the pastor not to be able to talk to you. It's not enough reason. All your achievements put together, it's not enough reason for the cell leader to be afraid to talk to you. It's not enough reason. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In other words, the humble, God wants to promote someone. God wants to increase someone. So who does he look for? He looks for the lowly. The ones who are humble. And raises them up. But for the proud, he defeats them. And so, all the proud has is history. I used to be this. I used to be that. I used to be the best singer in this church. I trained many other singers. I used to be, I used to be the biggest giver. I trained many other people. I introduced them into business. Don't you know me? Ask them, they are my boys. We know. But I told you before, I get them before to be property. Praise God. Praise God. He says, humble yourself. Demote yourself. Lower yourself in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God. That he may in due time exalt you. Go back to that James. I want us to finish the book of James, chapter 4 today. 
Let's rush. So be subject to God. What are you going to do? Then if you are subject to God, what do you do? Resist the devil. Stand firm against the devil and he will flee from you. Say, so submit yourself to God, to his will. Then resist the devil, he will flee from you. Move on. Verse 8. He says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Get rid. Get your, says, recognize that you are sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal. Wavering. Wavering individuals with divided interests and purify your hearts of all spiritual adultery. Verse 9. So what is it going to do? It says, as you draw near to God, be deeply pertinent and grief. Even weep over your disloyalty. Let your laughter be turned into grief and let your mind into dejection and heartfelt shame for your sins. Then watch what he's going to do now, verse 10. Humble yourself again. Humble yourself, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord. And he will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. Don't you think? What don't you, do you understand? It is feel very insignificant before God. And then he makes you significant. Move on. He says, my brethren, do not speak evil or accuse one another. Are you still here? He says, do not speak evil or accuse one another. Why bear false witness against your neighbor? Why bear false witness against fellow Christians? What you didn't see, you are not the tail bearer. A rolling stone gathers no moss. But a rolling story gathers something fresh. Every time we say that, each time we repeat it, something is added or taken away from it, or it becomes far from the truth. Every time we say it, did you hear? The man was talking, he only heard, you know what? If you, he heard the guy say, if you, if you, if you will come by night, I will give you. Uh, he didn't hear the other part. He didn't hear what he will give. What he will give. I, I heard him. You see, he's going to go out in the night. If he told him, he didn't say if you come by night. night. He said he told him to come by night. That he will give him the twenty million, or that he will give him that answer. And then the person is telling says, eh? So Mr. Sina will go by night. He's telling Mr. Z, Mr. Z, did you hear? Uh, Mr. So and so person told me that he should come by night and he should wear white clothes. He had something else to it. He had something else to it. No story becomes the same. No story. You, 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 you carry it as now. Even if your eyes saw the truth. And it is so sad. Why spread it? Why are you happy spreading evil and dissipating the fate of others? What joy does he give you? What joy does he give you? Didn't you read the scripture? It says, iron sharpened iron. If your friend goes down, what do you do? You help him stand. 
and he's our leader. How can he do that? How can he? How can he? We expect so much from him. And that's why we made him our leader. You, 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 the follower. We expect so much from you too. How can he? So he says, my brethren, do not speak evil about our accusers one another. He says, he that maligns, that is destroyed, maligns a brother or judges his brother is maligning and criticizing the law and judging the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a practicer of the law, but a censor and a judge of it. Go on. Oh, one only is the lawgiver and judge who's able to save and to destroy. One only is the lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy. The one who has absolute power to life and death, that's Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, but you, who are, who are you that you presume to pass judgment on your neighbor? Move on. Who are you? says, come on. says, come now. You who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a city to spend a year there and carry our own business and make money. Come now. Go ahead. Next verse. Yes, you do not know that the least thing, you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really but a sweep of a wisp of vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible only for a little while and then disappears. Do you know what he's talking about? He's addressing the proud. The proud. He says, move on. Read on. Next verse. He says, you ought to say instead. You see, can you see humility talking now? He says, you ought to say instead, if the Lord is willing, we shall live and we shall do this or do that thing. Says rather, the guy said, you know what? Tomorrow, 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 we will go to so and so place, we will spend this, we will spend that, and then come back and show them that we have arrived. He doesn't even know about tomorrow. He doesn't know about tomorrow. He doesn't know about tomorrow. But rather, he says, he also says, if the Lord is willing, we will go. You see, they are, the proud have neglected God. And so he takes his stand against God. And his life is destroyed. If the Lord is willing, we will leave and shall do this thing or that thing. Go ahead. Verse 16. But as, it's, but as it is, you boast falsely in your presumption and in self-conscious. All of such boasting is wrong. All of such boasting is wrong. And verse 17, the last verse. It says, so therefore, any person who knows what is right, who knows what is right to do, but does, it, does not do it, to him it is sin. To him it is sin. You know the right thing to do. You know the right thing to do. You're watching me. 
and you know what I have read, what the scripture has showed, describe the negative character of your life. It's time to address it. Don't wait for tomorrow. The Lord is talking to you now. The Lord is talking to you now. You are the Bible that the world reads. Men should be able to look at your life and then see Christ. Don't you read? Can't you read? Matthew 5 says, says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Tell me about it. What virtue is in pride? What good work is in pride? What virtue? What glory is in pride? The Lord resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. You must make up your mind to practice humility. You must make up your mind to put your body under subjection. You must make up your mind to be, to, to be contented with the things that you have right now. You must make up your mind to rejoice at the progress of other believers. You must make up your mind. Don't envy people. Don't become very jealous at the progress of others. Now, guess what? The fact that others are making progress doesn't mean that you are failing. Doesn't mean that you are failing. Because your race is different from his. Run your race. Don't copy another one. I told you before now. I said if you copy somebody else's life, you can only become second to him. No, think about it. The one you are copying is in front. You cannot, the best you can be is second. So why become second when you can be the first? Why become second? God is talking to you now. It's time to get rid of pride. It's time to get rid of it. Kill the pride. Nip it. Nip it. See, to become humble doesn't mean to dress anyhow, to dress poorly. I hear what I'm saying to you. To become humble doesn't mean to dress poorly. To become humble doesn't mean to dress shabby. No. No. It's about the contents and the states of your spirit. You refuse correction. Even if you dress poorly and shabbily, they say to you, they will tell you categorically, you are broke and yet proud. But pride is not a good thing. Because for that one, he remains that way. That's the best he would ever be. That's the best he would ever be. Hallelujah. Pray in the Holy Ghost now. Make up your mind. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, make a decision. Make a conscious decision. That you're going to get rid of pride. You're going to get rid of bitterness. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You ought to be joyful every day. You ought to be joyful every day. You ought to be joyful. And your joy should not be dependent on circumstances. Be excited for other believers. 
Get excited at the progress others are making. Don't wish that you are the one making the progress. Guess what? The things you are excited about comes to you. That's the way to attract blessings. That's the way to attract increase. Be excited. Be excited. Hallelujah. Shimando so.